watching Hot Toss Sports, I figured being in the studio with Eagle, I would get a countdown. I did not. Uh, how's it going, Terry? Good. I don't know what it is, but that music was really weird. Um, the that- intro, the intro music was like speeding up and then slowing down and speeding up. That's a buffering thing. It used to happen to me when I was doing it from home, also. Uh, but it's good here. Yeah, it's good like here. it's doing it's doing it right now while you're talking. Like this is actually fucking the most annoying thing can in the world. Me and peas though. I can hear you guys, but Are like we also it's also stuttering um, and buffering, or not anymore. Well, that's good. Well, there we go. Problem solved. Yeah, look at that. We fixed everything. We're geniuses. We're <laughs> yeah, tech done wizards. Nothing. <laughs> Um, I mean, we're more we're closer to geniuses than the 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 uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights, I think at this point, right? Like Yeah. I, I didn't even want to start here. It just it seems disingenuous to not to start anywhere else cuz the big news of the day, of course. And like we'll get into like our actual news topics, but you know, let's do start with uh with Flurry uh being traded from uh the 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 the, uh, the Knights, the Golden Knights. Um, for to Chicago to Chicago for nothing a bucket of bolts uh, as far as I understand some pucks maybe a washing machine it's, it's, it's the trade where Woody Harrelson gets traded to Will Ferrell's team on semi-pro basically and and to remember uh, right? for, uh, for a washing machine washing, well they needed a washing machine so it was a good they, need, they really needed that washing really machine needed it, so. he uh-huh. won the Vezina this year yeah Kucherov called him out publicly during his drunken press conference. Maybe Kucherov is right. Maybe the guy's the guy's a drunken savant. And now he gets moved for literally nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I mean, listen. I mean, it's end of, towards the end of his career. I just think that it, this could have been handled a hundred different ways than it was. From what from from the information that's been coming out now, it's like the, yeah, Kelly McCrimmon was talking to him. Didn't tell him he was traded because he was waiting for it to be confirmed by the league, and then he was going to tell him, but then it got leaked on Twitter. And we can't really control what gets leaked and what doesn't get leaked. Actually, as I'm speaking about that, I'm watching just like a mini documentary on the whole Ariel Hawani leaking information from the UFC thing, and from the UFC. And it's just, you can only protect the information that you have. You can't protect, you can't protect the information that the journalists have and whoever wants to leak it or whatever. I know, like, I have a friend who's kind of close to some uh, to a couple agents in the NHL, and he gives me information. So I'll like I'll put it out there on Twitter. But like you know, who the fuck am I? I have 350 followers. You know, like it's nothing yeah. crazy. But like, you, it, there's nothing stopping from those types of guys from coming out. You know. But also, typically, um, the leak happens from the it leak originates from someone in the room, right? Like like we talked about of course, last week. Yeah. It's not like there's a journalist just hiding, like Jay Leno hiding in the closet, famously. Uh, during a meeting of uh, NBC executives to fi- to find out what he had to do to get the uh, the Tonight Show, yeah. um, like that's not happening. What, what's happening is one of the teams involved, in this case being the trade or someone who works at the league office, wanted that information to be public. Um, I don't know who would benefit in this case for it to be public, but yeah, um, it does. It, it definitely had to be leaked by someone involved. the The first thing I thought of was a goaltender that um, when when I used to really follow hockey when it was like my you know one of my main passions uh up there with like basketball and football um i remember i remember chris osgood just never really getting respect despite the fact that at one point dominic hashik was removed and chris osgood won the championship for the detroit red wings uh and to this day he's one of these guys who's constantly debated as to whether or not he was really good whether he's a worthy hall of famer and, and so on and so forth he wasn't 
he wasn't fair good. enough, but I mean, like, like the thing is, is like it, I find it weird where we measure guys like, well, you know, Carey Price doesn't have a cup, but Chris Osgood had three. <laughs> Terry, <he> had three. <laughs> so, like, I, it's only it only counts in some in some situations, right? It, it you know, if, if you're gonna do the measurement that way, you know, then then it's it's tough. It's tough because again, we know we know Fleury was never the greatest goaltender in the league. We, we, we know he's always been good. Just like I think Osgood was sort of like that next tier. A guy who was serviceable and in the right circumstance um, can, can, can do great things for your team, right? And we saw yeah. Fleury do that in Pittsburgh. We saw him do that in, in Las Vegas. Yeah, we saw him do it in Las Vegas and in Pittsburgh. I mean, famously stopping that shot at the end against... Uh, was it, I think it was against Vegas um, when they when won the Stanley the Cup. Pet? No, when he dove in front of the... The corner. I, I don't know who was it against. Was it Boston? No, it couldn't have been Boston. I don't know. You're, who talk, it was you're talking anyway. about when Pittsburgh won the cup for the first, that first year, or the Golden I Knights. Don't, I don't know if it was the cup. first year. No, that wasn't the that wasn't their first year when they won against Golden Knights. I think they beat Detroit one year. Might have been San Jose another year. I think this I think is a good trivia question. That last year of Chicago relevance when when Pittsburgh won the cup. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, like, he's had flashes, right? But he's also had, like, blunders. We've seen, like, Fleury was always good for one mistake in a playoff game. You know, like, it's yeah. just that we saw it happen with Montreal this year. against Montreal this year. But, like, you know, the guy's still, he's won his first Vezina. He's won three Stanley Cups. I think he deserves a little bit more respect. And his agent, Alan Walsh, who famously, like, uh, photoshopped that picture of a knife going through uh, his back last year. And it with the, with the Burr's name on it, like as if he was getting stabbed in the back. I think that now he could have sent out that tweet, and it would have been like, okay, this is this is the shit that happens. This is exactly what happened. The guy was he was stabbed in the back for no fucking reason, and he was just shipped away to Chicago, a rebuilding team that has a young goalie that's most likely going to be the number one. So I don't know how Flurry feels about this. Maybe it'll if he feels like he was. He wants to reti- if he wanted to retire, maybe this is a kick in the butt for that. But I think he's a professional. We've seen him. We've seen him interact with backups his entire career because he's always been kind of like you know never like the like clear number one. There was Murray that came in, then Leonard in Vegas. You know, there's a lot of that. Uh, so let's see how he deals with Lankin and maybe he can help Lankin and improve his career. There was one tweet that said that Fleury is contemplating retiring. We're gonna see okay. how that goes. Um, you know, I think I found the clip by the way. So we're just gonna wait for this. to play. You're, I think this is the exact. Yeah, Tangerine. Detroit. Tangerine. Great bank. No. Great it sucks bank. when we can't Tangerine. get. Yeah, they just sponsor us. Absolutely. Yeah, it was Detroit. That was right. Yeah, yeah that yeah. one. Yeah. I remember it so That's clearly. I remember, I remember screaming to myself, "Stack the pass!" <laughs> I, I, I like. It's one of those things where um, it's like the Nelson Mandela effect that I literally remembered that same thing happening against Chicago. So <laughs> I just. Yeah. I just misremembered it completely. My mistake. Um, What's yeah, the Nelson Mandela effect? Some people believe. Some people believe there's an alternate timeline where he, where he uh, died in prison, and then we're shocked to find out he was alive years later and released from prison. Uh, just like people believe the Brownstein Bears were the Brownstein Bears, and so on and so forth. There's a whole bunch of these uh, conspiracies. Oh, Brownstein, Brownstein. What's the difference there? What's that? What's the, the spelling is different, that? but it, it's the, the spelling is not how you how most people remember it. Uh, but we were also kids when we watched it, so why would we remember how a name is spelled when we're five year old kids? You know. Well, what about what about what about Jonathan Bernier famously uh, uh, answering your question about Nelson Mandela, saying how he was a super athlete mm-hmm. and how he was his role model growing up? Well, honestly, he might have been. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> 
We, you know, who <laughs> knows nothing, what, who knows what the parts I took was. from him, Terry? That is <laughs> an alternate reality where Toronto wins games. Yeah. Uh, speaking of alternate realities, uh, imagine falling down a, um, you know, cartoon r- uh, golf hole or uh, entering a server room. And then next thing you know, you're in a cartoon world and you need to play a basketball game with the Looney Tunes. I did it. I watched Space Jam. Um, Space Jam 2. Well, no, it's Space Jam, A New Legacy. Space Jam 2. Well, so that's the thing when they do in, in, in theaters. Right? So in theaters, it's like it's like First Blood Part 2. But theaters just call it Rambo Part 2. And like whatever you called your sequel, it didn't matter. The movie theater was just like, no, no, no. We need to sell tickets. It's Rambo Part 2. <laughs> People need to know what they're getting. Um, so, yeah. So you're, you're caping up for, for the AMCs of the world. Um, I saw it. Um, it's, there's a lot of hate. Obviously, like, uh, you know, Eagle won't watch it because Rotten Tomatoes dictates what he will watch and not watch. No, I just, I'm not going to movie theaters unless I'm in it. Oh, I didn't go to movie theater either. HBO Max. Um, I'm not paying 20 bucks for that. Fuck LeBron. Well, so, so <laughs> I have, I have, uh, I have an admission to make, um, you know, you know how some people pay for a service and others use the service that others are paying for? I yes. still use my parents' HBO Max account, and so they're going to be getting a $20 bill uh, for, <laughs> for the movie. I uh, So your parents I, took I, you to Space Jam? My parents took you to Space Jam again for the second time in my life. I always make sure that I'm the one paying because I'd rather pay than not pay. Usually, well, because the thing is, but like, I'll, I, I have a lot of things that my dad, like, I have certain subscriptions my dad will, will share with me, and that's the one I happen to be sharing with him. But now with all, like, the, the premium releases, that's now like, the most expensive one by far. So, I mean, it's all good, I think. We'll, we'll find out at the end of the month how he feels about taking yeah. Space Jam. Um, but anyway, so there's a lot of hate, and I think that the hate generally comes down to... So, I know, Terry, like, you, you're a LeBron fan in terms of, from a basketball standpoint, but he annoys you in terms of his personality, right? So ah. I, think, I think a lot of people in your camp won't like it just for that reason, but... The thing is, he's a walking commercial. Fuck, he's a walking cliche. But, but so, so was the original movie. The original movie was just a commercial for Jordan's return and for Nike and uh, Jordan's yeah, career this, was largely a Nike commercial. I find it way worse. They it's literally the took every single Warner Brothers franchise and yes. threw it in a movie to say, "Hey, which ones are going to be trending on Twitter? Let's go with those ones for the to, next to, release." But as, like, as a viewer, so as, there's two things I like. So uh, first of all, I viewed it through the prism of it's a children's movie because. It's a children's movie. Um, so I, I didn't have super high expectations for the plot. Children actors and athletes are the worst actors, and they continue to be that in this movie. Um, but also, how is that a children's movie? The plot basically is an AI data center is looking to take over social media. Yeah, well, that's the reality. How is that a children's movie? That's the world. Well, the other one, it's there's a bunch of aliens going around planets. Like, oh, they're stupid. We're going to beat them in basketball. And then they cheat. And, oh, shit, we got to get actual talent. At least there's, a, like, a coherent plot in the first one. This one doesn't make any fucking sense. I mean, again, you're, you're romanticizing the first one because you haven't watched it recently. I rewatched it recently. It, the, I'm telling you, the plot's not Don't good. you ruin Space Jam <laughs> yeah, for me. Then don't watch it again, I promise I'm you. Never, I'm never watching either of the Space Jams ever again. Yeah, I, it's I, safe. I, uh, so so here so the thing the things I did like were, were this, were that um, there's a couple of moments that are like where they draw reference to um, a couple of movies and a couple of basketball moments. So like Lola does the toss up to LeBron and the pose that the DUA did, and so like it's a cool moment if you have a kid, which I don't have, but if you have a kid and you want to get your kid into basketball, 
you kind of show them the movie and then oh by the way oh, that, that's that's what they're actually trying to show this actually happened in the game um so it creates sort of these talking points uh and i think i think i have sort of a soft spot because you know my dad's not getting any younger so like that that father-son dynamic for me is becoming increasingly important as time goes on and um the other one was sort of uh there's don Cheadle who this is not don Cheadle's best performance by far <laughs> um but he he does the it's over from the vince carter uh dunk competition so oh again my like it's, God. but okay. I, I get it, like it's eye rolling for you but for someone like like if you have a five-year-old or eight-year-old or ten-year-old child who yeah. never never saw that doesn't have a reference point for that and they're just starting to get to basketball it's yeah, a cool way to, to 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 get them into the game uh that's sort of the the prism i saw it in is like if i was a dad to a 10 year old how would i feel about that movie and i thought it was cool i think it would, it would be cool like as much as like it is what Eagle said. It's it's essentially a ninety minute algorithm to see what's trending on Twitter after the movie, but it's cool to then also say, oh, there's Voldemort. Oh, there's you know uh, King Kong, and then and like show Wait, your kids. Voldemort is in the movie. Yeah, he's, he's in the a Warner Brothers property. Yeah, yeah. So is the uh, a lot of the Game of Thrones characters. They're in the background watching the game. Um, yeah, a lot of them are. This is genius because now I want to watch it just so I can the, look at the, the look so I can look at the fence. Oh, the irony! It's, it's the best part. Of the, just just fast forward to that. That's the best part of the movie is trying to pick out the do the Where's Waldo thing of see who's in the crowd. The irony okay. that the villain in the movie is the villain in real life in this example. Yeah, it, it, well, you know, it's a it's a very meta movie in that case because it's a movie about the thing it's doing to you, which is stealing your information. So, you know, um, it was okay. I thought it was all right. I thought. Much like, I don't know. Like I saw, I saw that that ad with uh, LeBron uh, spinning his shoe, like the way Jordan was spinning. And Jordan had like one pair of shoe on. LeBron had two different pairs on his feet and another one on his finger. And I was like, okay, this is a commercial. It's yeah. clearly a commercial. At least pretend it's not not a commercial. You know, at that's least so, pretend. But it, like make a, it that, seem like. Don't make me feel like I'm stupid for not believing you. You know what I mean? For not knowing. But like, then, how else would you know what shoes to buy? Like I'm, pl- I'm wearing a pair of AJ ones right now, because the internet told me they're cool. So there we go. <laughs> there we go. The um, only pair of Jordans I've ever owned were a pair of golf shoes. Swear, swear I, to God. I've seen them. They're actually beautiful. They're actually really nice. They are. They just stopped fitting me, so I gave them to Marco Briette. Yeah. Well, I lost a toenail with them. Now I got a pair of Air Maxes for my golf shoes, which is even nicer. Do you, Do you need to go half a size up for uh, Nikes? Nikes or Jordans? Um, it depends on the shoe, but I, uh, Jordans, I do, I have to go half, I'm usually a 10 and a half 11, uh, but I have to go 11 and, and my Air Maxes, I got 11, but I, I was like pushing maybe 11 and a half, but then I said, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll stretch out on 11, yeah. but usually I'm like a 10 and a half new balance. I'm 11. I know that for sure. Um, do you have, do you have children? Are you a dad already? Is that, is that what that No, is? I mean, new balance is great shoes. My, my baseball shoes are new balances. They're beautiful. Love no, them. um, I have to go half a size up. Everything I like, my my Blazer seventy sevens, my my AJ ones, my Air Force ones, all of them half a size up. Don't know why it is. It just for some reason I tried getting my size. They never, 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 never fit me. Let's go. Let's go complain to all the children in Malaysia that are making it for four cents an hour. (laughs) Jerks. What? (laughs) You meet Space Jam a lot. (laughs) Um, It reminds me of that Bill Burr bit when he adopts a kid from Vietnam, and he's like, "Ah, hey, you made this." Uh, we got a we got a ton of stuff to get to in a great interview with Jack Zergotis, Zergotis, sorry, I, I never get his name right. Um, 
Jack's a really cool guy. He's playing quarterback uh, for UConn. Uh, I think he'll be the starter for the University of Connecticut. Um, well, we know he's going to be the starter because we're going to help him out, right? We're yeah, gonna, you know. We, we, you know, we talked about it in the interview. Yeah. Uh, we recorded it last week, so it's not that Terry and I had a wardrobe change. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to talk to him when we get to the interview portion of the show. For now, though, it's time for the news. Terry, it's the news. Um, and news, there is a plenty. Um, Aaron Rodgers, it was leaked that um, he might want to retire if he was still to play for the Packers. He had three years remaining on his deal. They seem to reach a compromise where he will play for the Packers this season. Um, but he has the ability to uh, get out of that contract. I imagine it's in writing because there's no way those two sides trust each other at this point. But it kind of feels like a couple going through a hard time, giving each other like one like, hey, this is one last chance. We're going to stop cheating on each other. Uh, you need to take out the trash. You need to put gas in the car when I need it the next day. Um, we're going we're gonna to try this out one last chance. And much like uh, the, 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 the graphic you're seeing on the screen, uh, there's a reference to Devontae Adams um, and Aaron Rodgers, and they both posted a picture of Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan from The Last Dance. Um, this leads me to believe that these two guys will be playing their last season in Green Bay. What are your thoughts? And then we'll make fun of Eagles. I think that they definitely should be playing their last their last season in Green Bay. The fact that Devontae Adams couldn't get an extension, the guy has done everything alone. Like Aaron Rodgers and him, they basically run that entire offense. There's no reason, there's no logical explanation to why the Packers shouldn't be really pushing to sign both these guys long term. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. I, I had to, it, it I, makes absolutely no fucking sense. And Eagles gonna come up with them. Okay, well this is the reason. No, no, it's I, none I, of I that. think I think it's the opposite. Like, like correct me if I'm wrong, Eagle, but you're not happy with the Packers organization as a Packers fan at the moment. You no, shouldn't absolutely be. Absolutely not. Why? Why would I be? You, exactly. you basically somewhere in your front office, you made a decision that you're gonna move away from Aaron Rodgers, who's your franchise quarterback, literally the face of your organization, who's carried you through I don't know how many games, bad defenses, bad coaches, bad drafts, etc. And you basically throw him under the bus. If I was him, I'd be fucking pissed too. And Devontae Adams is absolutely right. He's like, I don't want to play for any quarterback or a random person. I don't want to lock myself into this. Yeah. I can make crazy money as a wide receiver, especially in a year or two from now when the cap is going to explode when gambling takes over. So why would I ever sign a contract here if you're basically sh throwing my guy under the bus for everything? Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah, the Cowboys are going to pay me for sure. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. They'll find a way to be over the cap and just get penalized <laughs> a year and year after year. It doesn't matter. They'll figure it out. Well, but like, like, so, but like, the thing is, Terry, when you see that as a Cowboys fan, don't you feel that at least Jerry Jones is trying to win? That's. The, I was actually right? having this conversation. Yeah, I was having a conversation the other day with a couple of buddies, and it's 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 the reality is that the Cowboys. Okay, we can make fun of Cowboys and Cowboys fans all we want, but the fin the fact is, is that they actually keep their stars and they keep them happy. You know what I mean? They pay them. They always pay. They always pay. Yeah. The only guys yeah, they don't pay they are the guys. Them too long. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's some guys, you know, like whatever. That's true. Sometimes they do keep them a little longer than they should. But like, I mean, it really, 
the offensive line, they paid them. The quarterbacks, they paid them. The running back, Zeke got a paycheck. Amari Cooper was already getting paid, but he's, he got another extension. CeeDee Lamb is for sure going to get paid. You know what I mean? So, like, they 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 go out of their way and they pay their guys. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence got paid. So, there's, like, when I look at the Packers and they're penny-pinching, trying to play money ball and all this shit, it doesn't make any sense because you're one game removed from the Super Bowl a couple years ago. The only reason why you were there was because of the two guys you refused to sign. And that's the part about the Packers that bothers me. But another thing is, like, I'm not a Packers fan, so I don't give a shit. But it just sucks for those two guys who are two of the best players in the league. So, I, I like, I, like I mentioned on the last show, I did some digging. And looking at the, the way the, the Packers uh, structure the, the Aaron Rodgers deal, if, if they were to get rid of him this season, it's a huge penalty. Um, that said, you're also paying another quarterback on a rookie scale, so that shouldn't matter that much if you think he's your contingency plan anyway. If you think he's your future anyway, it shouldn't matter. Um, but essentially, they didn't want to pay that $17 million hit um, and if him and Adams were to not play, they, they would be left with like $6 million of cap space. So obviously yeah. not a great solution. So they came up with something that could ideally work for both teams. Uh, I've seen it both ways. I've seen it. Uh, people saying this is a win for Aaron Rodgers because he gets to get out of here in a year. Uh, I've seen it where the Packers won because whatever, they get Aaron Rodgers for one more year, even though he's unhappy. Um, and then somewhere in all of this, uh, Trey Wingo reports that the Packers are trying to get Randall Cobb. Apparently, it's confirmed that they're going to announce it tomorrow. <laughs> well, so Randall Cobb is one of these guys that. So I, I was guilty of thinking this of, De- of Devontae Adams. I thought, well, do we have any proof that Devontae Adams is good because Aaron Rodgers uh, always makes quarterbacks better? And then you made fun of me the next show because that weekend on, uh, we were both freaking out watching, I think it was on Monday Night Football, where Devontae Adams at the top of his rod goes inside, goes back out, turns around, catches the ball, back shoulder, falls out of bounds, like as graceful as a swan. And then I was like, oh, no, no, he's good. My bad. Yeah, I was wrong. But generally, That's it. Like, like Jordy Nelson left and didn't do much, and Randall Cobb left and like they're not they're not bad players, but they just they were old at the time when they left. Though. Yeah, but, but so Randall Cobb's not younger now; <laughs> he's older now. You know, he's thirty. Oh, okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah, okay. And so like they're but, bringing him back to, to try and appease Aaron Rodgers, but again, I think he's looking at just to your point, Terry. Like you look at the situation that Dallas created, and like he doesn't have anything like CD Lamb, right? Um, oh no! If he had if he had a guy like CD Lamb that can get open under. Mm-hmm. I think uh, we're we're looking at 50 touchdowns for Aaron Rodgers. No joke. But I, I see it a little bit differently here, though, because I mean, Pease, you play quarterback in uh, you know amateur f- flag yeah. football and everything. Poorly, poorly, poorly but, yeah. poorly. but poorly. you know how you have those receivers you play with, yeah. th- just because they they're exactly where you want them to be on every play call, and you guys just get each other. Yeah, Randall that's Cobb me. That's me th- for Pease. Well, it's true. Randall Cobb is that for Aaron <laughs> Rodgers in the same way. Edelman is that for Brady. Right before that, he had well. Like, there's that one person that you always have that you know they're in the exact same spot. They understand yeah. the game exactly the same way. So I guess he's never ha- like the last few teams haven't had that. And so when he's in those scramble type of plays, I think he just felt like, why don't I have someone I can just trust every time? You mean John Wallison and uh, Valdez Lazar. Yes, and uh, Jay, well, he liked Jay Kumaro, and they cut him. And all the other shopping yeah, carts that are on the field. <laughs> yeah. um, I like that. They like Kumaro. It's like, oh yeah, he's good. I like. It. He actually goes public, says something nice about him. He's like, oh, he's gonna, he's clutch. <laughs> Next game, um, Jeff Janis, Jeff Janis, uh, a bunch of tight ends that I think are all called Stonebrenner or Stonebrenner, Stone Runner. 
And uh, I think like we'll Valdez Scantling is on like his 18th stint with the Packers for some yeah. reason. I feel like he just keeps on leaving and coming back. I don't know. That's how they, I feel. They just need a body to put on a jersey to have 11 guys. <laughs> that's it. Who else? They had Lazar. Only they drafted someone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so I don't. I think I my the way I feel is I think that this is the best they could have worked out. But I think NFL teams are going to start feeling the pinch the same way that NBA teams are feeling. Um, and, you know, like when guys aren't happy, they're not going to stay just to stay and they're not willing because here, like the, the worry before was always, oh, but what are the what's the fan base going to think of me? But like Tom Brady's beloved, he might even be more beloved now than when he was with the Patriots. Right. So, yeah, that's true. Uh, clearly, clearly, you know, that, that that's not uh, a true concern anymore. Um, but speaking of basketball, the U.S., uh, I woke to catch the last few minutes of the uh, U.S. France game. Where France uh, took took a took it to the United States, came from behind. They were they were down by double digits, and a team of you know Evan Fournier, Rudy Gobert, a, a team of NBA players who are solid, but definitely not the level of Team USA. There's a couple NBA guys player. though. There's a couple guys that are on, in the NBA on that team. Yeah, I think I think all five starters are, are NBA players. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. But but they're not they're not Kevin Durant. They're not Damian Lillard. They're not. No, no, for either, sure not. You know? so not Devin Booker, fuck. I, I, Drew Holiday. I think there's a difference from previous years where, like, when the first Dream Team got to, um, was it Spain or, or Seoul? I don't remember which one. It was whatever the first Olympics was. Spain, I think. I don't was think it was Barcelona? Seoul. I yeah, feel Barcelona. like Spain sounds right, yeah. Okay, whatever. Let's, let's, let's not look it up. Let's just, let's let's just, just say it's Let's Spain. just make up the city. Yeah. It's in Bhutan. How about yeah. that? In Bhutan. Um, he, he, uh, th so like, you know, Jordan and Magic Johnson and Larry Bird and like, like all these legendary players walk off the bus and from the moment they get there, the opposing players are odd and they're signing autographs. But now like the world has guys who play against these guys. 92 in, in Barcelona. 92 in Barcelona. I knew it was one of those two Olympics. I just remember which one it was. Um, but yeah, do you think that ha that plays a role at all? That the intimidation factor is kind of gone as well as not having guys like Steph and LeBron on this version of the team. Oh, and I think that, like, uh, let's say a guy like Luca. Luca, they went off too. Like, didn't he score like forty points? 40 and they won by like, yeah, then they won by like twenty five points, something like that. So, like, a guy like Luca, who's like, listen, I know I'm just as good as these guys, if not better. You know what I mean? So, there's no, yeah, obviously as a as a group, they might be a little bit better, but I, I felt like Rudy Gobert, if maybe he was by himself before, now he's like, you know what, I got Evan Fournier next to me, who's a who's a starter in this league for Boston, who's a good team. You know what I mean? Like. There's a little bit of confidence there. Another thing, most NBA players, and especially at the top level, especially Americans, are little fucking babies. And this is the this is my theory about the whole thing. I think KD, he's a little whiny that he didn't win and all this shit. And all these guys, they're all complaining. And then they go there, and this isn't their event anymore. It used to be their event. So now it's not their event anymore. They're not the cool guy on the block. The cool guy on the block is whoever's going to win. The cool guy on the block is France. The cool guy on the block is, is Luka Doncic, who's taking Slovenia, who has no other NBA players, and killing everybody. The, these are the cool guys on the block. Now, nobody cares about these about the, the, the fake dream team anymore. So the novelty is gone. They're still probably, for sure, they're the best ranked team in the world. But at the end of the day, they have guys that can shut the lights out, and they're not the they're not the fucking storyline anymore. And all these players on this team want to be the storyline, and they're not anymore. And they're in another world, they're in another situation that they just don't belong in. Sometimes. So I, I do. I still think that they're the favorite, right? Like, so you of still have Kevin Lillard. You still have you still have Kevin Durant. Like these are still two of the best 
offensive players in basketball, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think when I saw the team's roster, it kind of felt like that Dwayne Wade team that finished and got the silver medal when I think they yeah. lost to Spain. Um, and it was a team that was good, but it was just, you know, it wasn't as overwhelming. It was a team that was better than everyone else, but not completely overwhelming. And it takes a bad game, and there you go. Um, but what's interesting, Terry, is the reactions that I saw by um, some of the some media members, uh, specifically on a lot of, you know, very very right wing networks, talking about um, cheering against the U.S. And, and here's one such clip. Um, I, f- I believe it's from Newsmax. Yes. Um, thank you. I just I forgot I did forgot to write it in my notes. Uh, I don't, and I wanted to make sure that we credited who it was. So this is from Newsmax. Folks, it's not often that I'm happy a U.S. team loses in the Olympics. It makes me sad to say it. But I found myself rooting against not just Megan Rapino and her merry band of America-hating female soccer players. They lost one game, I guess, over the last few days. But I took pleasure in the men's basketball team, USA's first team loss since 2004. Yes, Team USA suffering an embarrassing loss to France, 83-76. to the collection of whiny, overpaid social justice warriors are very hard to root for. The team is filled with anthem kneelers, and I find it ironic they are willing to put USA across their chest, but in the not-so-distant past, they would kneel for the anthem. Somebody ought to go up to them and just rip USA off their chest. I don't want them wearing it, personally. Here's what's rich. As the level of social justice nonsense described as activism increases in America, guess what? The success of these woke stars diminishes over the past two years. I don't care about stats about how teams lose based on politics. Makes no fucking sense. Those things are not related, right? Not even close to being related. Like, is this guy like, listen. First of all, NBA players don't kneel, right? NBA players haven't knelt because it's in their collective bargaining agreement not to kneel. And also, to me... He, this this guy is completely uninformed. Yeah. I kind of agree with the whole Megan Rapinoe thing. I don't really like her that much. She kind of annoys me. She gets yeah, under my skin. First of all, how is it more American to cheer against your team than to ask your, <laughs> ask your your country to be more accountable to minorities and, and, and to to people from the LGBT community? Like it, at, to America's built on protest. Yeah, and of yet, course. What you're saying is that no, I don't want these people who are protesting the same thing that the song that they're kneeling about is about that that song is about protest yeah. and then but then if cheering against them is more american I, I was just maybe i'm not american so i don't get it but what, what's up what, two things two things missing? two things about kneeling that people don't understand so in football growing up in football whenever somebody came to talk to us like after practice like a scout or a coach everybody takes the knee it's just it's almost like a sign of respect because you want everybody to be able to see him he wants to be able to see everybody there's some guys that are six foot five on the team so we all take a knee they do another thing about too yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Another thing about and uh, and another in this guy when he watches when he watches his games at home, this guy, is he standing up or is he sitting on his couch? Is he sitting on his chair? Is he going to get that's a beer people, before the game or is he is he putting his hand over his chest like Yeah, exactly. That's that's what people don't understand. Is he drinking his beer? Is he taking off his hat? Like I think the whole national anthem singing before a sports event is stupid anyway. I, but I it, agree. I think it's completely useless. I don't know what fighter jets have to do with the Super Bowl. 
I don't know what any of that shit has to do with anything. Like, I listen, I'm all for, uh, you know, the the months that they have, you know, the camouflage logos in the NFL and stuff. And, you know, you want to you know, respect the military because they protect the country and all that stuff. I'm 100% for that. But, like, at the end of the day, it's just a fucking song. The song that was that was created a long time ago to to talk about unity and freedom and all this shit. And when a guy does something to protest, which is basically the symbol of the song, yeah, and you tell the flag not, means, <laughs> yeah, you tell me he's not allowed doing that. Then you're kind of going against what the flag stands for. Yeah, it's a whole it's a chicken and the egg thing, right? And this guy's a complete dummy for saying that shit. Okay, so Terry, I I have a proposition for you. Okay, tomorrow you yes. wake up. Roger Goodell says, "Listen, man, I need to take a day off." Be commissioner for a day, and you have the ability to kill the national anthem. All right, I do you it. Take I it do out it. completely. But I do it. Like NBC, Fox, all those guys are like, yeah, but we need to fill like a minute and a half of screen time, point. right? We got to go point. to commercial before and after it, and blah blah blah. What do you fill that ninety seconds with? I would fill it with the the uh, the, the beginning of an office uh, of an episode of The Office when Kevin is uh, spills the the, the chili. chili. Yeah, I would just I would just I would just fill fill it with that because it's probably the funniest two minutes I've ever seen in my life. And it kind of fills the time. People like and people will be confused. So confused that they wouldn't be tweeting. They would just be focused on and maybe you can have like the the flag kind of like transparent and not transparent but subtly in the background of the video. Just you know like, you know like spliced in like between, Yeah kind of like like, 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 like a, they would they would they would when, the moment he drops the shield chili he's gonna flash of red, white and blue. Like a strobe light. That was the T-shirt Aaron Rodgers wore to training camp today. By the way, was uh, he wore a, a Kevin's chili because they're friends. Him and uh, Brian Baumgartner. Yeah, they're friends. So he wore he wore that T-shirt in tra- the training camp. Oh, camp. I didn't even know that. Big fun. old like uh, Bret Hart style glass sunglasses. It was awesome. Um, I gotta see this. The NFL has uh, some new COVID protocols that are uh, seemingly quite aggressive. Um, well, okay, wait. Are they really that aggressive? So. So let, let's describe them for a second here. Essentially, you have to label who has been vaccinated and who has not and basically make sure you still have the quarantining process in place for yeah. those who are not. I and want this you, shirt. It's nice, eh? That shirt? Beautiful. Yeah. It's cool. I want it. If you yeah. breach protocol, which causes you to have to forfeit or delay a game, you get like a ridiculous fine. You get the game lost. It screws up your schedule for next year in terms of your waiting, right? Because it doesn't count as a true loss, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of penalties associated with it. And this has caused repercussions throughout the league in terms of either players or staff, you know, either refusing or questioning if they want to get it or not. And some coaches have been fired because of it. Yeah. So it's complicated, uh, right? Because, um, well, firstly, it's hard. For, I never want a body to uh, impose what to do in terms of health and safety. Um, I don't. I don't love it when politicians have to do it. I don't love when your employer forces you to do so. That said, this is also a different. The thing people always forget about professional sports is that the players' union signs off on these things, right? So, like, the the head of the players' union agreed to the terms of the COVID protocol. Uh, because that that's the type of it's a union run organization right so it's not uh, people are treating it as though it's a private industry and the players have no say it's not that at all it's a partner in partnership with the league um, you might disagree with your player rep yeah but that's something that you can deal with with them it's not necessarily with the league Correct. and that's what it, that's why they're in place I think in the w- what this shows me is that the NFL is very cognizant of like okay well we don't want to lose a ton of money and the players say, 
well, if the NFL loses money, we lose money because, in fact, the salary cap went down this year, right? Because uh, football-related in, um, football-related income dropped, and so the, and the cap is based solely on football-related income. So you still have the the TV deals, but obviously not having people at the gate, and and obviously you know if games would need to be forfeited or whatever, that's going to cost you money. And that, in the long term, will affect players' salaries. Now, I know the salary cap is going to go up and players are going to make money, but you're still leaving money on the table. Money lost is never money that you can regain, right? Of course. Um, as we saw, for example, with Le'Veon Bell, and you know he essentially lost money by, by holding up for that season because no matter what, you're always going to lose that money that you had during that year. You know what I mean? Yeah. That you would have made during that year. So this is on a much larger scale. Um, and DeAndre Hopkins said that basically he wasn't... I actually like the sentiment in that he seems to just be being honest it's not like a political statement he's just saying i don't know if there's a place for the nfl i don't know if i'm comfortable with this um it's also different uh terry when it comes to the united states and minorities where in the, you know in uh earlier times there's a history of the government testing drugs on minorities and on homeless people and so yes it's different baggage for sure I am a bull of the belief that people should get vaccinated. Uh, I haven't heard a cogent argument against it that is rooted, you know, in science. Uh, but I can understand someone having a personal issue with it. While I don't agree, I also don't have a, I don't have an answer for this. I don't know what the yeah, right thing to do is, right? Because yeah, here's the same thing. way. This is the first pandemic we've ever lived through in our time, right? Like myself, you, Eagle, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, while other parts of the world deal with this pretty much all the time, in North America, we're lucky that this might be the only time we ever have to deal with this. Um, and it's to their – I mean, listen, if I'm DeAndre Hopkins, like how – there's that whole thing with like, you know, do you, the team is bigger than the person and all that stuff. And Cole Beasley and DeAndre Hopkins and a couple other guys have come out and said we're not going to – they're not getting the vaccine. And if they're not forced to take it, which they – Technically, they're they're forcing their hand, but they're not yeah. forcing the person, right? If they can they can stop working anytime they want, and there's there's no guaranteed contracts in the NFL, but there's guaranteed money, and I'm sure that DeAndre Hopkins can retire today and be fine for the rest of his life. You know what I mean? Um, and if he makes that decision, if he makes that decision to not play football anymore because they're forcing him to get a vaccine or his team's going to suffer, then I will legit, man, that's, that's, that's good on him for standing for what he believes in. And that's a bigger protest than anything else, because you're not going to let like big pharma and fucking Roger Goodell dictate what you put in your arm. I got my second vaccine. I want to be able to go on vacation. And I know that they're going to be like blocking us. And my brother just got back from France and it was a whole mess. So I just said, fuck it. I'm going to get it. Like, even though I didn't want to get the vaccines at first, I was like, you know, I'm just going to get it and just save the headaches. And, you know, I took that risk. But if some people don't want to take that risk, that's on them. And good for him for standing for what, standing up for what he believes in and good for Cole Beasley too. I mean, we need more people to that aren't going to be um, – that aren't going to just do what they're told to do if they don't believe in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, that, I can't disagree with that. You know what I mean? Like you and I, for example, had different, different perspectives early on. Like I said, I want to get vaccinated day one. Uh, yeah. I know the, I've done a lot of reading about the foundations of this. It's not a rushed vaccine. It's been in production yeah. since the original SARS outbreak over a decade ago. This is a variant of the, the, the SARS infection. Um, I suffered from H1N1 when that was a thing and it was four of the worst days of my life don't want that again um i work surrounded by people all the time and so i said you know what this is i think in my case in my personal scenario i think this is what's best for me my family the people around me 
my my elderly grandmother, my my parents, and so on and so forth. But I also understand if someone if someone doesn't agree with me. Here's one thing that seems to be missed by all these debates: people are allowed to disagree. On yeah. Things, right. Yeah. You know, uh, Eagle, you had a point. Yeah, I, I kind of have a hot take on the whole topic. Mm-hmm. The Whoa. same players who are basically saying they're willing to walk away from the sport, retire, blah, 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 over this are the same players who just as early as last year, if not going back to the Kaepernick incident four or five years ago, were like, well, we got to play. We need checks. We got to feed our families and that type of shit, right? So I think for me, that hypocrisy is the part that's like, so what issues are you willing to sacrifice for exactly? Go ahead and explain that to me. As in, like, If it's affecting you as an individual, it's okay. But if it affects your community that you're representing, it doesn't? Question mark. Mm-hmm. So in both cases, um, for me, there were two, there's two, these are two things in, in our recent history that have become, they're non-political items that became political uh, tools, became political weapons to be argued about by both sides. So to me, if, if politics is the basis of your decision when it comes to a matter of health and science, I'm so, I can't respect that. Same thing when it comes to what you believe with regards to whether or not uh, people should be killed in the street by police officers, it's not about politics. You I, you could still be pro-police. I have friends that are police officers. You have a friend that's a police officer. We're not anti-police. We just don't want people being murdered without a trial or murdered by police officers in general. You know what I mean? So like, it, it's, they're, they're, they're things that got hijacked and became political issues and they weren't to begin with. It's the first time I've ever, I've ever even heard a vaccine being uh, turned into a political hot button issue. It, because it took away people, because the government, all governments didn't know what to do at first, right? So mm-hmm. it was kind of, you know, we were just going off the fucking, off the handle, and we didn't really know what we were doing. And there was countries that, you know, handled it better than others. And Greece's numbers, you know, just to give you an example, like Greece handled it well at the beginning. Quebec handled it super well at the beginning. Now they're Italy not handling it not. super well. Italy, Italy did, did not. not, obviously. Italy was, like, in the news every day. So, and they're right next to Greece. So, like, there's this whole thing. And then we look at the percentage of the people that are actually dying from this and the age that they're dying. So people start to, like, doubt the 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 seriousness of this disease. And we all know it's a serious disease. Nobody, I don't think anybody's saying it's not a serious disease. I don't think well, people, now, I think just. Now people are, now everyone seems to, to, to say. Now it's just getting to the yeah. point where it's, like. There was 35 cases in Quebec the other day. I still have to but wear you, a mask but, when I go to the depender. Like oh, that no, fucking makes again, no so sense. But that, that's that's an issue of policy. That's that's a policy is not is not the same thing as. Oh, that, yeah, no, that's uh, what that's science, what I mean. Right? That, yeah, I'm, that's saying, what I mean. Like, I'm saying now people are saying because the United States again the numbers are rising, and one of the arguments I heard about the death rate um, was actually by John Amici, ex NBA player, who I think is just a really fascinating person. He said that to him, and I was I was always bothered by when, when people would say, "Well, but so many people recover," and so, and he said that the fact that there's hundreds of thousands of people dying, and you can use that as an argument, it it, it shows a lack of, of empathy. It shows a lack of compassion for other human people who didn't have to die, whether yeah, they were going to die in three years or five years, or they were already sick, they didn't have to die today. And if, for for example, like if it was me and my grandmother's older. If this took two years away from from time I would have had, it would have it would have been heartbreaking for me. One hundred percent. And that's why for me, I've never seen wearing a mask as an issue because I don't wear it for myself. I wear it so that a I can protect others and b even though I'm vaccinated, if it makes other people feel more comfortable, just like if I came to your house and you said take off your shoes, 
I love my shoes, I, I'm, but I'd be okay to take them off. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. So this, yeah. this conversation is getting way too deep yeah. for me. So I want to make it silly again, okay? Let's say Please. Hot Streak had a bet on which team is going to have a COVID outbreak and have to forfeit a game. Who would you take? It would be over and under, right? Because that, that, that's, that's how uh, Hot Streak works. Um, well, Jerry Jones is saying he wants his team to be fully vaccinated. So I'm going to say Dallas Cowboys uh, for the on the over. I'll take them for the over. Um, over yeah so yeah. Uh, no, so teams that are going to be they're going to have cases have the, the the highest vaccination rates versus the lowest vaccination vaccination oh okay so the highest vaccination rates yeah so i guess cowboys let's, let's is say a good over guess. under 42 players you got to look at you got to look at cities you got to look at like like big cities like new york la like those are going to be like hotbeds because they're more you know they're more democratic where more conservatives and republicans are more less for vaccination so it all depends on what city that you're in, what city you're from. So yeah, Dallas is a good one. I'm going to say New York is going to be 100%. All Both teams are going to be 100% vaccinated. And the same thing with LA. I think both LA teams are going to be, uh, well, the LA and then I was going to say Las Vegas. So I think those two teams are going to be 100%. I'm going to go Jacksonville for uh, the under just because it's Jacksonville. And there's no way you can live. doing bad, actually. There are one in five new COVID cases of right course. now. So, yeah. my, my wife just got back from there. She told me some... My wife grew up in in, in the United States. Uh, we spent a lot of time there. She said it's it's a terrifying. She's never felt as unsafe, not just because of the disease, but like there's a there's a huge tension in in the southern United States right now, and, and a lot of it relating to people's reactions to the vaccine and the, through the events that we've seen over the last eighteen months. Whether it's you know Georgia the numbers Florida, are going Florida, up in Florida, they're yeah. going up all over the U.S. right now. Yeah, yeah but okay. Florida represents twenty percent of all new yeah. cases. Which, the US. Does that surprise anybody? No. no, they've been they've been completely open, and, and and I'm for that. Like I'm more like, listen, if you feel, like Ron DeSantis, if you feel that your state is going to handle this well, and you're going to be able to open fully completely, because you want to give everybody you you don't you want to make sure that businesses don't close and nobody goes hungry and people die in other ways, then that's what you have to do. But make sure that nobody gets sick. You know, yeah, that's you, just basically you need to then be accountable. Then if if you represent twenty percent of the entire country's infection rate. You need to you need to be called you need to be called out. Have the state of Florida pay their their life insurance policies out. See how quickly they'll change their uh, ideas. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, So that was that was some pretty heavy stuff. But uh, we're gonna take a break. We're going to lighten it up a little bit. We're gonna talk to uh, Jack Zerjotis. He's a Yukon Husky. He's Husky. He's a he's a a bear and a half. I like the dude. He's a great quarterback, and he will be. It looks like he'll be the starter for University of Connecticut because Terry and I are going to make sure yeah. he'll be the starter at University of Connecticut. So find yeah. out why by tuning in next. The joining us this week is uh, UConn quarterback uh, Jack Zujotis. I'm hoping I pronounced that right. Uh, it took yeah. me like three years to get into the compo, and I still kind of stutter when I say it. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, um, dude, first of all, it's nice to have you on. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, I, my experience, uh, with you in football was actually in flag football when I saw you throw for the first time. And then I was like, yeah, this guy probably shouldn't be throwing in such a low recreational division. Uh, <laughs> he's a jerk. Uh, but that's a jacket. Uh, you were honestly, you know, in, in that game and in other games I've seen you at, you've been nothing but pleasant. You're a good dude. And I was super happy for you when I heard you signed with Connecticut. So congratulations. Two Thank years you. later, of course, but congratulations nonetheless. Appreciate that. Uh, so we had a little off-air banter, and you told us you you went back home to Connecticut. So season's getting started. 
um how how's it looking so far how do you how do you feel yeah i mean like i'm feeling good the team's feeling good um we've been like working hard all summer putting in some like a bunch of extra work and stuff so we're fired up we didn't we didn't get to play last year so that was kind of shitty but i mean we're definitely i think we'll, we'll be ready to go uh this fall so are you considered a junior now or are you still considered like a, a sophomore yeah, like I'll be, I'll be, I'll be a sophomore, uh, okay. like in football terms. Like in school, okay. I'm a junior, but I still have three years of uh, eligibility. What are you? Uh, what are you studying? Uh, I'm an economics major. Oh yeah. Does, is is awesome. UConn known to have like a good business program? Yeah, I mean, technically, the economics, like economics, isn't part of the business school, uh, but, but like it's still tough, like. We're we're known for our business school, but it's it's tough to get in. So yeah, yeah, in the economics and <laughs> in, in beautiful stores, Connecticut. What are you gonna do? The campus is actually pretty sick, though. I've been a few times. I had a friend that that played there for four years, uh, and I, I just showed Jack before. I could put on that jersey again and show you guys what muscles look like, but I'm not gonna do it. Well, I don't what wanna... muscles look like? Past tense. Look like exactly. Look. But first of all, I'm five nine, two fifty. My buddy was 300 pounds, 6'3". I don't know how the fuck you fit into that shirt, man. It made no sense. It yeah. makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, uh, the jerseys the jerseys are super tight. Like, <laughs> at, like at, I'll play a game, and after the game, it, it take, literally takes me five to ten minutes just to get it off, like, with the shoulder pads and everything. It's it's nuts. I don't understand why, like, quarterbacks – I mean, I guess because you get pulled down. You don't want anything to be able to grab. But, like, yeah. don't you lose, like, a range of motion? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's actually been an issue. Like, I have to, like – cut like this like the seam in my shirt you know like there's a bunch of stuff I, I still feel like it limits like like my arm like uh i guess movement you're still fucking you're able, still able to candidate peace mentioned before you played and a flag football with us i actually picked you off on an extra point one time and you broke <laughs> my fingers i remember how hard jack can throw uh jack you uh, of course you grew up in montreal you're in um connecticut right now obviously very different just like in terms of i'll give you my experience uh seeing you know college campuses in the u.s versus you know canada specifically montreal a lot of our campuses are part of the main core of the city right so like you know mcgill has a little bit of a campus but concordia is um you know absolutely downtown i had friends when i was a kid uh at nyu which again it's, you know new york city right like it's right. uh um it's just a, it's a city school um, and now I have friends uh, whose kids have attended uh, UGA, and of course I've been out to Athens a bunch, and I've been to a lot of college campuses since because yeah. uh, that's kind of what I do during the fall usually uh, yeah. in a lot of my trips. So I want to know what was that experience like for you, sort of like going to going to class, going to practice in the first few days, uh, knowing sort of what college the the college experience is like here versus what it is in Connecticut. Yeah, I mean it definitely. It, it took some adjustment like it it was uh it was tough like the first the first couple months there but i got used to it and it's okay now but it's just very different uh like we're based like it's basically a campus on like farmland so yeah it's literally all like cows and stuff like surrounding you know so definitely an adjustment what kind of a guy is uh is randy etzel because when i met him he scared the shit out of me yeah yeah i mean he's uh He's a good dude. Like, 
uh, like at first he may seem like when I first met him, like I was kind of intimidated and stuff, but he, like he, he's a good dude for sure. He cares he, for the guys. He, he built the Yukon before he left to go to Maryland and then Jackson. Well, he was at Jackson before, but then, you know, he, so he's built a name for himself. Then he comes back to Yukon and now you guys aren't even in any conference. You guys are independent, right? Right. So who are you guys lining up against this year? So uh, first, our first game's in Fresno, California, so Fresno State. Um, we have some, like, pretty big games. Like, uh, I mean, Clemson's, like, our biggest one there. Like, yeah. Uh, and then Purdue, like, some Big Ten, like, stuff like that, you know, UCF. Okay, so still some good games there. You're going to every yeah. conference, basically. Yeah. You're going packed, big, and now you're going to ACC also. I mean, so – what what is it like? I mean, you guys are gonna be traveling. You guys travel every game. Are you guys playing four games at home? Like, what's the situation? What's the schedule? Look yeah, like so it's uh, six and six, so six home, six away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're traveling pretty much all over the place, which should be like should be interesting, you know. So take us back to August fifth, twenty twenty, last year, um, where Connecticut announces uh, they'll be canceling the football season. Uh, in concert with uh, the ACC and a lot of other conferences. Um, what was that like a year after starting 10 games as a true freshman? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely, it was a shock. Like, it was tough. I've Like, it's been like, I started, when, I started playing football when I was like seven or eight. So that last year was the first year I hadn't played since then, you know. So it was definitely tough, but I guess... If you look at it from, like, if you're trying to be positive here, like, we had an extra year to get bigger, faster, stronger, and just, like, uh, build, like, the team chemistry and stuff. So, in the so end, you, uh, are, it is what it is. Are you keeping a lot of, like, the seniors? So, you mentioned that you're still a sophomore football-wise. Are all those seniors that were there last year, are they going to stay back? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we didn't really have any – we didn't lose anybody. So, okay. that's good. Yeah. Uh, well, you guys lost uh, another Montreal quarterback, John Jonathan Senecal. I mean, you guys right. both got recruited at the same time. Uh, he went to Andre Gasset. You went to John Abbott. Uh, was there like, um, was it you both were told you guys are both going to fight for the, for the position, or was it just told that we're signing two quarterbacks and you guys are the two guys? Yeah, I mean, what I guess what happened was like I I came the year before he did, and I, they like they. I guess I, I found out from like Twitter or whatever that he was he committed here. So, but uh, I guess I, I'm not sure what they told him or whatever. But it's know. the nature of the beast, right? You just don't you can't control who they recruit, even if they recruit at your position. For sure, so for sure. he so he decides to leave. He comes back to Montreal, so that kind of alleviates a little bit of pressure off of you. You started all two years ago. Yeah. Um, you're right now. You're number one on the depth chart. Uh, have they said there's going to be a, a battle? Are you the guy so far? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, like obviously camp's coming up and like I guess like the best – whoever performs the best in camp will, will get the will get the start week one. So it's yeah. definitely – it's not uh, it's not like locked in there, but I just like I got I to gotta be on my shit, you know? Okay, just tell us what to do, man, and we'll take care of it for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the way, the way I see it is, listen, you obviously <laughs> heard about the changes in the Supreme Court and NIL. And so, like, this is a way Terry and I can prove to you, you yeah. know, we can help out a lot of ways. Take out the competition, maybe have <laughs> yeah. some, uh, some sponsorship, you know, that'd be awesome, you know. Like, yeah, you, ever yeah, seen, yeah. you ever seen I, Tanya? I mean, 
Yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> do one of those. I don't know what the other quarterbacks' names are, but like, look out, look out for two, look out for two fat guys from Montreal. <laughs> Zach, you seem like a pretty confident guy. Have you had kind of a what I'll describe as a humbling moment uh, playing football with, especially with the team and everything, or against an opponent where you're like, wow, I need to get better at this, or or maybe something a coach told you? Yeah, I mean, uh, like, I guess just 2019 was just a humbling experience in itself. Like, uh, like I had I had my ups and downs and stuff, you know, like uh, and it was just like. I like this is it like this is you got to like be on your shit and and like at this point, like there's no no more bullshitting like this. This is like that's this is D1, you know, so it's like I got to. Like I said, I just I have to. Uh, they, there's no days off, basically, you know. It's a job, right? It's a job, and now with the announcement of NIL, at least if there's an opportunity for you to, you know, be able to to make an income on the side and you yeah. know promote promote your own brand too. I think you got a good brand going. You got a cannon of an arm, so hopefully uh, you get to see a little bit more of it. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Listen, we'll sponsor, man. What 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 do we got to do? Like, what does hot sauce got to do? You got to wear t-shirts. Can you wear like a hot sauce sports t-shirt going around? Yeah, I mean, it's still like it's still gray. Like, I guess since you guys are like in Canada, like I it, it would work. But in the U.S. right now, like I'm not allowed to sign any deals or anything. Really? But yeah. That, but there's so many athletes coming out saying they're signing with Barstool. They're signing. Yeah, like, with right, right, right. Because yeah, I'm yeah, an international student like uh, in Florida. Yeah, he's an international yeah. student. Because yeah, so the international is like technically they're not allowed to make money in the U.S. So I guess the rule the rule change is very new. So I I'm I'm hoping that in the next couple of months like there's gonna be some changes, you know. But. Okay, so so here's what I think you do: save all of your game worn jerseys, okay? Yeah. And then sign them, and then like put them on like Etsy or something, you know, and ship them off yeah, yeah. whatever price it is. Yeah. We can put them on SC for you since we're yeah. in Canada. <laughs> True. There we go. We all figured it out. See, teamwork. <laughs> I like it. Uh, so Jack, it, are you someone who, uh, when you replay the games in your head, are you someone who, like, like relives and celebrates, like, moments of triumph? Or is it more like when you make a bad throw and you throw an interception, does that haunt you? Like, what's what's the post game like for you? Yeah. It's, for me, it's more the second one. Like, I'm, yeah. like I, I'm, a, I'm an overthinker, you know? Like, I'm always, like thinking of ways that I can get better. Like I'll watch some film and like, I'm, I'm more focused on the bad than the good. I mean, the way I see it is that if you're going to be focused on the bad, at least like, you know, be like, I'm the worst at that bad thing. So then it's like a positive. So if like, <laughs> yeah. if you throw a pick into like double coverage, you're like, man, that was such a sick interception that I threw. <laughs> you know? My ball is so catchable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You couldn't help it. You couldn't help it. Like, fuck, go, go to go to the DP and be like, listen, I know I throw really hard to catch, man. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. You're always positive. You gotta stay positive. Yeah. yeah. Are you have any roommates? Or are you living alone? Uh so because of COVID, like I'm alone. But uh, in the fall, I'll be back with uh, my roommate from our freshman year, Cam Ross, the receiver there. He oh, like, the he receiver, like, number nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a beast too. You guys got some good, solid players, man. And there's, I, mean, yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about Montreal, but they always seem to have. UConn always seems to have a Montreal guy on the team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have like, we have like eight Canadians or something like that. So that's crazy. Definitely uh, a lot of boys from up from up north. Well, and like Terry, you mentioned Randy Etzel, and I, I think 
it, it like it's part of that, right? He's a guy. Whenever he, yeah, he's been known to for advantages, yeah. and and an advantage for UConn is is being so close to Canada, right? And so that pipeline for UConn's been set up for for years, and so right. it's, um, it's cool to see it's still thriving in a sense. Um, so Jack, the given everything that's happened, obviously, like travel between Canada and the U.S. Has, has been difficult. Uh, I know I have a whole trip across the southern U.S. in October planned where I'm starting in Austin and looking to catch uh, Oklahoma against Texas and it'll be super okay. fun if I can get there. Um, yeah. One of the things, obviously, Terry and I, for example, it'd be awesome for us to come down, catch one of your games. Where would we go to tie one on? Where would we go to get a get a good meal out in your campus? Stores, Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> Chipotle. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. That's the th- like. That's the. There's a huge like disparity between like the food here and the and the food back home. Like, back home, it like you have you have everything. If you want Italian, you get like, you get like the legit stuff. You know, if you want Chinese, like, I mean, Chinese is different there, but yeah. basically here it's all everything's Americanized. You know, so yeah, nothing, everything is like the outback steakhouse. Everything is outback steakhouse, chilies, right, Fridays, exactly. right. All that stuff. Great food. But like, you know, you're on the, <laughs> yeah. you're on the, are, you, are you like cooking or you're going to like the mess hall, the cafeteria and restaurants? Yeah. So I, I do have like a kit, like a little kitchen in here. But, I don't uh, have one, but do you use it? <laughs> I think when I first moved in, like I was I was I was just cooking my own stuff. But I've been kind of lazy this summer. So I've been eating out a bunch and like eating in the dining hall and whatnot. I think what we're going to do is we're going to start like um we're gonna start like saying that we sponsor you, mm-hmm. like, but like we don't like we're gonna say that we don't give you any money. We're just like your pro bono sponsors, yeah, and yeah. we're just gonna start like verbally abusing some of like, like guys that are with other sponsors, and then be like, <laughs> "See, Jack is smarter than all of you guys," and we'll do it to all of the guys that you're fighting for, uh, fighting for. <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll, just, we'll we'll put out these tweets every week, whoever you're playing against, and whoever yeah. they might be lined up with sponsors, just trash them no matter what. Yeah, <laughs> they will just have to do for that. For sure, anyway. for sure. Or whoever their best D lineman is, we're going after him every single week. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the best D lineman on Clemson this year? He's screwed. Make, make, I, make I super think they're all, uh, all of them are beasts. So we'll see how have that you, goes. Have you had the experience yet? Because I, I know, like, when I, I was at a, a Georgia, Georgia Tech, Tech game, and, like, the defensive line, or not even the defensive line, the offensive line of Georgia just dwarfed the Georgia Tech D line. Like, the, the Georgia Tech D line looked like basically children as compa- compared to like Georgia's offensive line. Yeah. Have you guys had that experience you show up to feel like, oh these these dudes are big. Like this is this is a whole other level. Like have you experienced yeah, I that? think uh I think the one game where I was like holy shit was uh Indiana. Okay. Yeah, we showed up there and there were there were some big boys. Well they got they got like a, Indiana's always had sort of that, that Midwestern pipeline, right? So there's yeah. kind of in a bunch in the middle of a bunch of different states. So they get they get you know, even though they're not traditionally a, a football school, they do get they do get some some decent recruits. They're all farmers. Yeah, sure. yeah hey. all farmers strong. They're all farmers, man, and they'll just fucking Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they're yeah. they're able to pull tractors at twelve years old, those guys. <laughs> it makes no kind sense. Makes we're, really, we're like uppity here. Your life was wasted at twelve, eh, Terry? What? Like, why wasn't I pulling tractors at 12? Yeah, I mean, I was pulling tractors at 16, not 12. That was cause, that's because I was on the juice at 16. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> so Jack, obviously you can't cook at home. I mean, you can, but whatever. It's it's much easier to go to the cafe and get some free food as a student athlete, I guess. Sure. Um, what uh, what's the worst? Have you tried Greek food in Connecticut? And please tell me you haven't. Uh, like I've 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 tried like a souvlaki, like a souvlaki pita, you know. But obviously, it's it's like I said, everything's Americanized. So like obviously, it it tastes nothing like the real real deal, you know. Of course, man. You can't even have like a good tzatziki over there, probably. Right. You have to, like right. you have to like There's smuggle nothing it in. here that's like even close to what you get at like Liège or something. Oh yeah, <laughs> what a call right there, Liège, no Park X action. Yeah. So actually, if people don't know, Jack's father and uncle. Him, them two and I, we used to have a radio station, a radio show together. It was yeah. called Throwdown Radio from 11 p.m. to 1 in the morning on Sunday nights, right after football. And we talked MMA and NFL. That's all we talked about. And it was uh, it was pretty fun. And I remember Jack used to come. He was like 10 years old. He used to come in. Yeah. At, at midnight, he would be <laughs> – it's a school night, Jack. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Look, it worked out. He's in college, too. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow, 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 Gus managed to, to groom into being a, a fine Some, gentleman uh, to get a T1 <laughs> offer. <laughs> I, just uh, Zach, I have a, a general question for you. So we always hear about, like, you know, the coach's playbook and everything. So can you tell us how that actually works? Like, does he just show up one day with, like, 300 pages and be like, you have 12 hours to learn this go type of thing? Like, how does that whole process evolve? Yeah, I mean, basically, it's like you show up and obviously they give you a big book, like the playbook, but... You go, you go through it like, day, like one day you'll go over install one, day two will be install two, you know. So we go, we kind of split it up that way. So I mean, it is over. Like at first, it, it seems overwhelming, but at like when, if you split it up, like it's not too bad, you know. Also, you start getting the schemes and things, and when he adds things in, it's a lot easier to understand, right? Because you understand right. the whole concept. Right. Yeah. That's that's the thing. Me and P's have no idea. So like, even though I played football, like, show me show me a playbook today. I'll never be able to tell you what it says. Yeah. I just coached. Where where should I go? There. All right. I'm there, coach. <laughs> okay. Maybe that's yeah. why I rolled the bench. I mean, the game. Time. The game has definitely evolved a ton. You know. So. What um, what's your what's your coming out year? What do you what are you looking at CFL or NFL draft? What's the year? Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I'm not sure yet. Like, I guess we'll see what happens there, you know. But uh, ideally, like, like I want to get my degree first and then figure that stuff, figure figure that stuff out like later. So what's uh, what's next? What do you got going on? So you, for the rest of the week, are you chilling? Are you working out? Or until you get to camp? Like, have you already hit the, started hitting the gym? Yeah, I mean, we've been we've been. Uh, running and lifting all summer like for like we go monday tuesday thursday friday so we worked out this morning tomorrow we have a workout and then we have a break for the weekend and then we're back at it on monday do people so recognize you, you uh, on campus? if we gave you a surprise combine tomorrow how well do you think you'd do oh yeah that's a good question yeah i mean if you asked me that a month ago i'd tell you like pretty well but now it's like I'm starting to feel it, like my shins are, are hurting, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So I just got to get into treatments, like get in the ice tub and stuff. So, But you said you, camp starts Monday, right? So you're walking into camp already broken? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to work something out here. <laughs> um, do you get recognized on campus? Like, I mean, the tattoos may be there, but like, do they look at you? Oh, you're the quarterback? Because I'm sure basketball dominates over there, right? Yeah, basketball definitely dominates, but, like, sometimes I'll be in class and, like, a random guy will be like, oh, like, 
hope I hope you guys have a good game or whatever, you know. So, but it's 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 nothing like if you're like Trevor Lawrence at Clemson, where you're taking a golf cart to class because everyone's trying to meet you, you know. That's unbelievable. Yeah, sure. He guaranteed he would have been late to class. Well, we'll yeah. we're gonna get you there. We're gonna get you there eventually. Yeah. You're gonna get your own golf cart. Sponsored oh, yeah. golf cart, hot sauce sports all over the golf cart. You'd ride it around <laughs> campus. It's we perfect. can definitely afford a golf cart. We can't swing much. We can definitely afford a golf cart. I mean, know? I could just steal one from one of the shitty golf courses over here. <laughs> can I take a snow, right? Can drive you drive a golf cart in the snow? I mean... For chains and tires. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a great idea, actually. Yeah, campus security is going to be pissed, but I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, you're just going to ruin the yeah. cement the entire way through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if campus security gets pissed, just say, well, I'm the quarterback. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do something, you know. You talking to an offensive lineman? Nah, you're talking to the quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah look like an offensive lineman. Imagine he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I gotta stop eating in mess hall. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got- when I when I first showed up here, I was coming off like a, a leg injury, so I gained like literally 20 pounds in like a couple months. So I was I was at 225. So I was looking, I was I, I was almost looking like an O lineman. <laughs> well, when I when I saw you um, in 2019, like compared to when I'd seen you at Flag, you you look like a different. You obviously put on size to play in D1, obviously, and like you at at the age you got there, it's obviously easier than than you know older guys or whatever. So like your body literally had transformed, and I I, I couldn't believe it's the same person. I, like I had to look it up. I'm like, am I am I wrong? Is it another yeah. FPF? No, 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 no. It's the same guy. Holy shit. He looks completely different. You know what I mean? So Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely put on a bunch of weight and like I think one thing for me was just kind of trying to like lose the fat and and build muscle, you know? So now yeah. I'm down now I'm down like two I'm down to 210 like and I'm I feel good. So like it's definitely like a solid 210, but I'm I'm obviously going to keep working on it and stuff. Okay, so before we let you go, what's it going to cost us to give you a t-shirt and if you score a touchdown, you lift up your jersey even though it's going to take you like 16 weeks to take it off. And you're just like, hot says hot sauce sports. Make hot sauce great again. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that would go well with, uh, with Ed though. Oh, I guarantee Randy benches you on the spot. Here, Jack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a no, yeah. Mess, no mess around kind of guy. <laughs> So if you happen to be in the Fresno area on Saturday, August 28th at an undetermined time, which I think is hilarious, but anyway, feel free to get your tickets to go watch the game. They start as low as $37. Go check them out and uh, watch some touchdowns be scored, hopefully. You better score at least one. Like, yeah, at least that yeah. yeah. Well, we got to figure out a way to get you that golf cart first, though. Oh, yeah. Well, look, I, th- I, figure, I figure we drive it down. Just me yeah. and you, Terry. Go to the border, see what happens, you know. <laughs> Uh, we get we get it all, all painted up with uh, Mike's barbecue rub and yeah. uh, Hot Streak Fantasy. Yeah. Now <laughs> we I'm show done. them. Listen, it's for business. This clearly isn't pleasure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, we're not having fun driving at 20 kilometers an hour. That's something, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's something that should take six hours. It's gonna take us three days. Like, well, we're not oh, yeah. for sure. Eleven. At least, at least. Kilometers an hour because we're gonna be towing like a trailer full of beers. You know. <laughs> um, but yeah. Still, it'll still be fun. It'll be, it'll be a long road trip. It'll be as if we drove to, to like, the sun. <laughs> Maybe with Jeff Bezos. Maybe Jeff Bezos will Maybe. invest, get you that golf cart, and we'll send it to space with your name on it, Jack. Just join us. UConn. Sounds good to me. And, we're like, and we'll, like, Photoshop Trevor Lawrence's, like, face or something, like, something bad about him. Um, I, pretty I, 
you game against Middle Tennessee. I guess it's in Connecticut, though, right? Uh yeah. Ah, uh, because I'm I'm going to be close, and I could have escaped again. I could have escaped if I was, if it was in Tennessee. I could have escaped. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, Jack, thank you for joining us. Uh, it's yeah, been a lot thank of you guys for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure, dude. Well, you're welcome back anytime. We'll Appreciate get you back after you dominate this season. Yes, sir. Um, best of luck to you, and uh, give him hell. All right. Thank you, guys. And we're back. <laughs> what do you yes. want to do, Peace? Rapid fire. The awesome rapid interview. fire. Um, Hot Streak Fantasy, Mike's Barbecue Sauce. Uh, we'll do the ads at the end. Uh, the Big Short. Texas and Oklahoma football programs have formally requested an invite to the SEC. The Big 12. Are they screwed? Are they going to be the small 10? No, I don't on? think so. <laughs> the Big 10. Uh, this, is, this is the thing about the SEC is, yes, the competition is a lot stronger. Um, but I think that Texas and Oklahoma are able to recruit, especially the thing is, is that people want to play in the SEC now, right? And, and people also want to play for Texas and Oklahoma, you know, nice jerseys, nice stadiums, you know, a lot of history. It, it's just, it's schools. Like I remember when I went to Mexico in like 2004, I was 18 years old and I was, and I was trying to pick up girls saying I was a fullback for Texas, like the legit, I'm not even lying. Yeah. And, uh, people want to play for Texas. So if they're in the SEC, they're going to recruit a lot more too. So um, I'm actually. It looks like I'll be going to see Texas Oklahoma this year. If my Red River comes. Battle, oh, I'd love um, to. It's a bucket it, list for me. Well, that's the thing. If tickets come down from five hundred dollars, and yeah. if they, um, if uh, we're allowed to travel by then and all that stuff, uh, then yeah, we will. Um, I'll be going to that game. So it's still a Big Twelve game for now, because um, the the this would only come into effect in twenty twenty six, I believe. Um, the thing is, is that I get it for Oklahoma. Oklahoma has been competitive for a long time. I think they're going to, they're going to do well in the SEC. They'll be able to recruit just like everyone else. Texas, it's another conference. You're going to win seven games and congratulations. Yeah, they good have job, one Texas. 10 win season in 11, in the last 11 years. It's crazy. Next eight millimeter. The Montreal Canadians used their 31st overall pick on Logan Mayu, who was charged with defamation and offensive photography, thereby nullifying their Stanley Cup run and all the hype and positive energy that went their way. Thoughts? Mm, thoughts. Thoughts are that um, this guy was most likely going to get drafted in the second round. Mm -hmm. um, if the Habs had let him go to the second and drafted him, then I think it would have been a, a like a lot smaller of a hit. Um, I think that the Habs need to work with the woman, the girl that was affected. I think that they need to work. And, and this is what I, I was I explaining to my girlfriend, that the Habs and this player probably had about 20 interviews before they drafted him, right? So he was probably he probably convinced them like he was super apologetic, didn't want to do it. But the problem with these athletes are is that they're super apologetic to the people that they want them to, the to bosses, hire. Yeah. To their bosses, but they're never apologetic to the girl that effect, that they affected. And to your point, Terry, he apologized by text. He was so upset by by what he had done. He apologized with a three sentence text. Well, uh, she asked for a written apology. So okay, to his to his defense, yeah. I know, I know. It just he <laughs> was also three sentences. Write a letter. Write a dear John. Yeah, letter, you know, but like you know? put something behind it. You know what I mean? And um, look, I I don't I won't, I don't want to uh, do the thing where you know we're we're judging the sincerity. <laughs> Of the apology, we're not involved. We don't know. Let's take him at his word. He's, he's sincere with the apology. It doesn't nullify what he did. He was 17 years old. Uh, people do make mistakes. I do think he he should get a second chance. That said, I like it's an honor to play for the Montreal Canadiens. Those 24 Stanley Cups mean something. I don't think, from everything I was reading, he was going to get drafted in the first round. 
Um, it seems like a stretch given the situation the player was in and also the player's caliber. He was at best, at best, an early second round pick from even before this. So I don't know what the urgency to draft him was. I don't know. Maybe the PR thing is because he's 17. He's not going to be in the NHL for likely three-ish years anyway. So yeah. uh, maybe that's the thinking. Uh, you know more, more about this than I do, Terry. So, so it's, should, it's, it's a was, tough did situation. Did they pick him too high and could they have waited on him? I don't uh, think they picked him too high. I think he was ranked. I think he was at one point he was ranked like in the top 15. So like really? okay. uh, he's a, yeah, he's a good player. He's been playing with men and I think he's going to have a, a good career if he keeps his nose clean and all that shit. Right now, is, you know, his phone out of the bedroom. Well, that's the thing, too. It's like, OK, he shared the picture. That was completely a mistake, obviously. Yeah. Um, he was apologetic to everybody. And I saw his press conference and I believe the kid. I believe that he knows he fucked up. Yeah. Will he do this again? Obviously, time will only tell. But um, I think that there was there wasn't enough focus on her. She came out on the athletic and she said, "Listen, I just asked him for an apology. He wrote me three lines, yeah. and like not even not even just like a just like a full letter, just like, hey, listen, this is what I was going through. This is what I did. I'm completely sorry how it affected yeah. you and your family, whatever the case may be. That just was the, take, that was the article take I read as, as well, Terry. That that's where I I saw yeah. there was a three sentence apology. So yeah, it's uh, also, I thought that was a great piece by the way by the athletic." It was, it was. Also, um, to him, is that he's like, I'm telling all the teams not to draft me. Don't draft me, but never remove his name from the list. <laughs> that's that's yeah. the part that I'm like, okay, well, you're trying to be a good guy about this, but you're really like, I know I'm going to get drafted. So Because if he lets us go another year, does he get drafted in the first or second round? I doubt it. I doubt it. Next, speaking of believing people, she said, she said, she said, and so on. I feel like you put that in just to fuck with my list. Despite 23 accusers and 10 women making criminal complaints against Deshaun Watson, the NFL has yet to make a decision about his availability for the season. The Texans are starting to field offers for him, and it's believed he's going to be at training camp just doing what quarterbacks do. Yeah. Um, Slinging rocks. It's surprising given that it looks as though there's going to be criminal charges. Um the Dolphins are amongst the teams that are interested. Um, I understand why from a talent perspective, why you would be interested. But isn't this a giant risk when you consider that... What's that noise? Is there? An it's a motorcycle on outside, yeah. Oh. Oh, wow. Thought, it's thought, coming right through. Yeah. I, I, thought, I thought this was a, a... I thought we were experiencing an earthquake. Um, I thought Eagle was just like like a mouse, just like smacking his microphone. <laughs> like That's that. the one. That's the one. <laughs> so... Um, we don't even know if he'll be able to play the entire season. We don't know if he'll be able to play beyond this season. So what's um, his value? Like we've seen, we've seen Tom Brady suspended four games for draining footballs of air. So allegedly, allegedly, yeah. But this is also alleged, and this is much more severe. Um, so it does surprise me. Um, it's it just it's uh, like we've been saying the whole time. We don't want to we don't want to say he's guilty because we don't know. But the league. Typically, uh, we'll put players on their like unavailable list while they do the. They did that with, with Antonio Brown, for example, while they're investigating his his charges and all that stuff. So, um, um, it surprises me. Um, I, I just hope uh, you know we, we get some of the information sooner than later. Um, and yeah, uh, I, it just surprises me at this point that he's still available to play. I agree. It's it's a tough it's a tough sell to keep this guy on the roster. Um, until we until there's some sort of like uh, ruling, judges ruling. So 
we'll we'll wait to see what happens, but I don't think that anybody should be selling the house for this guy right now because you can get him cheap. They're commanding five picks, uh, at least two first rounders, and two starting caliber players is what they're asking for apparently. Nobody, <laughs> nobody takes that. I mean, it'd be hard to get that if this didn't happen, right? Like, it's it's hard. It's hard. Like, it's a tw- it's a superstar quarterback at twenty five years old. But that said. If he goes to prison and you miss three years or five years of his career, that no longer a 25-year-old quarterback in his prime. That's a good point. Just make a deal with the DA and therefore get it dismissed. hey uh, No deuce in the wild. When asked if he had a chance to be the starter for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Gardner Mishu was quoted as saying that, quote, he hasn't taken a shit in two weeks because number two isn't an option. Because Gardner Mishu is the best person in the world. Yeah, yeah. The world. I- if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I feel bad that I'm taking his job because there's no way that Trevor Lawrence is not starting, right? Like, yeah, like Trevor Lawrence would be like, starting. Trevor Lawrence would be like, "Listen, I saw that quote. Job's yours, man. You yeah. take it." You know what? I retire from football. I'm done. Also, I saw I saw a meme and it said, "If if Trevor Lawrence throws a touchdown pass to Tim Tebow, don't turn on ESPN, Fox, or any sports channels for seven days." Yeah, hundred percent. It's hundred percent true. I, I'm just hoping Gardner Minshew becomes the next Ryan Fitzpatrick, so you just see him around the league everywhere with his mustache. My favorite that's what thing, he, but that's my, what he's going to be. That's what it's exactly what he's going to be. My favorite thing about it is he said uh, number two isn't an option, but he is Gardner Minshew the second, even ah. though even though his dad's not. Gartner. There's no Gartner Mishnu the first. He's he's the second. I love that family. They're, they're the best people on earth. Star Wars episode we, four. Yeah, we need exactly. people like him. Uh, next, like a machine. There's a clip of Tom Brady that's gone viral. People are saying that it's, it's Doctor. Fake. It probably is. But my God, is this fucking amazing? Like Brady on Twitter is just so good. Yeah. So I want to show you where I know it's fake. So when the ball goes in. You see how it just slows down? That's what's fake about it. And those machines, you know how heavy they are? Yeah. There's no way he's throwing a ball. Tom Brady is not known for his arm strength. There's no way he's knocking that thing over. He still would throw a ball harder than anyone's ever thrown to you, right? (laughs) Also, the ball, that that machine squeezes the ball. Yeah. So, like, and he's going to compress to go in. Yeah, and he's going against the the wheels so there's no way that ball's going in there's no so, way but does it matter <laughs> it's still bad it doesn't matter but people are like ah oh, look how sick this is my stepbrother sent it to me he's like i'm like it's fake he's like you think of course it's fucking fake it reminds of me of the, uh, the nfl commercials like for the NFL, uh, draft the, NFL, uh, the draft yeah draft me ones i love the chris chamber chris chambers ones where he, he caught like a ball with one hand a ball with another hand and then like without looking caught a ball between the two balls uh, like again i i was a kid and i was like that has to be real. And then I was just like, there's no way that's real. But that one is more realistic than what Tom Brady did. Yeah, Chris Cooley was the possible, best. possible, if not plausible. Chris Cooley um, was the best. He put his hand through a, a, a drywall. Yeah. And, and caught, he caught the ball with one with one hand. He um, put his hand through a drywall with his fingers open. No problem. Easy no life. Problem. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was really cool. Again, I just I like I like the Tom Brady personality. Post Patriots, he's becoming my favorite football player. Which is oh, he's fantastic! He's great. I hated yeah. him for twenty years. I literally hated him for twenty years. Imagine he has and to see a therapist because Bill Belichick like made him lose fifteen years of his childhood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How fun! He made him relive a terrible childhood that he may have yeah, exactly. had. 
And last one for today, Benifer returns. Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez have gotten back together again and have recreated a grabby photo from over a decade ago. I believe this was from the Jenny from the Block music video, if I'm not mistaken. And so same thing happened again, maybe on purpose, maybe accidental. Who knows? Ben likes ass. Yeah. Ben Affleck, so, ben Affleck two things. One, good looking dude. Two, makes good movies. Three, I said two things, but I'm going to go three, has the worst tattoos in the history of tattoos. Oh, 100%. Yeah, and he has like that dragon one on his back, which is the worst. Um, so I saw that picture. And of course, everyone's talking about like the fact that J-Lo still looks incredible. She's like, unreal. Can we be serious for a second? Affleck looks better now than he did back then. Well, like, not yeah, in that, not in that picture. Back then. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but that was dad. like early 2000s good looking guy. Like those glasses. Like the spiked up hair, no facial hair. Like that was what a good looking guy looked like back then. Fair, fair. But it's also like you can tell that's pre-AA Ben Affleck, right? Like yeah, yeah. drunken douchebag on a boat, Ben Affleck. And he looks like he's on like a off a three-day bender in the second pick in the more recent one. Look at that. He yeah. looks awful. Yeah. He looks like he woke up. She's time. like, she's like, wake up. There's paparazzi. Well, 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 grab my ass. Well, uh, uh. Okay, picture's Perfect. done and he passed yeah, so here's a fun fact for you. You guys remember Geely? Geely yeah, of course. Of course. You know when worst movie, movie of all time. I, I rewatched it recently. Movie actually. Movie all time. It Why out. would you, one, watch it? Why would you, two, rewatch it? So there's a podcast uh, called Cinephobe where they uh, review movies. And I'm, I'm working on trying to get one of the hosts on our show. They okay. uh, review movie. They rewatch movies that were poorly rated on Rotten Tomatoes ah, to okay. ascertain whether they were properly poorly rated or whether they didn't get a fair shake. Um, the thing is, I'll let you finish your story in a second, Eagle. Um, the thing about Geely that, that I, I, I couldn't stop, I cried from how hard I was laughing. I was also not sober. I <laughs> cried from how hard I was laughing because to send a message, he ends up cutting off uh, someone's finger to pretend it's the, the kid that they had kidnapped. Also, the movie's not Jersey Girl. I thought the movie was Jersey Girl the whole time and then was surprised that this isn't a Kevin Smith movie. But anyway, so he, he cuts off the finger with a plastic knife. He cuts off the finger and mails it to like whoever they need to get the ransom from. It's terrible. It's it's oh, it's rated too high on Rotten Tomatoes. It's under forty percent. It's rated too high. Oh yeah, for sure. It's under. It's six percent on yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, it's too high. Six percent is too high. So the story on this one is it was released August first, two thousand three, which means that in less than a week from now, the movie would be old enough to vote. There we go. But based on the intelligence of that movie, it shouldn't vote. <laughs> and also, it literally took 18 years for them to recover from the trauma that that movie dealt yeah. to their relationship. That dude, yeah. that um, he directed a really good movie too. I can't remember for the life of me, so I'll buy time while you look it up. Um, he retired from filmmaking. It was the last movie he directed because of how awful the experience of making that movie was. Um, I'm hoping by now, Eagle Martin Brest. Yeah, he, he made, did. Uh, I mean, they're not that great. No, he well, he made he made a movie of critical acclaim. I don't remember what now. Uh, yeah, he did Scent of a Woman. Scent of a Woman. There you go. So Academy, Academy Award winning movie. Uh, no, it was nominated. It won a Golden Globe for Best Motion oh, Picture, but didn't win the, the Still, Oscar. Though, just to say, from, from being at the Academy Award, holding that trophy of Nicolas Cage, and uh, to making Jilly. Like, that's, that's, a rough, that's a rough fall from grace. Um, Terry, thanks, man. This is awesome. Thanks for the weekly therapy. I enjoyed it. Um, Eagle, thank you for everything you do. Thanks for the triple triple. No problem, man. Uh, I, I can't wait to buy you coffee, Terry, when you're back in the studio. Um, I want to thank our sponsors, uh, Mike's Barbecue Rub. Uh, they do a great job. Um, if you want to get 10% off, go to Mike's Barbecue Rub, 
MontrealMTL.com. Uh, enter Hot Sauce 10 and get 10% off. Uh, they're awesome, really good dudes, and they make great sauce. And they always remind me to rub my meat. And of course, Live Streak Fantasy. Uh, download the app, it's super addictive. If you're like me, when basketball season is done, you want to get uh, watch way too many hours of baseball. They've got baseball covered now, and hopefully they'll be in the NFL soon as well. So uh, go to Hot Streak, download that. It is a great app. Uh, so thank you to our sponsors, and most of all, thank you for letting me be myself. You've been listening to Hot Sauce Sports. <laughs>